The USMNT wrapped up their games in the March international window with a 1-0 home win over El Salvador on Monday evening. Last week, they topped Granada 7-1 on the road. We saw some new players, we saw some familiar faces, and on today's show, we're talking about what we learned from this March window. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Backheel Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on this episode, we're diving into three takeaways from the USMNT's games in March. Here on the Backheel Show, we get you up to speed in 10 minutes or less, because we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So let's get to it and talk soccer. The first major takeaway from this window is that the U.S. advanced to the CONCACAF Nations League semifinals. They're in the final four of this competition, which, to be honest, for the U.S., is when things start to get real. They were the juggernaut in their group with Granada and El Salvador, just three-team groups. When you make it to the Final Four, that's when you're starting to have a chance to play against teams like Mexico, teams like Canada, potentially a team like Panama, based off how things shape up in the final match day of CONCACAF Nations League play for a couple of other groups. The U.S. already locked in their spot for the summer. Like I said, this is when things start to get real. This is when they'll have a chance to take on World Cup quality opponents, which for a U.S. group that doesn't have World Cup qualifying leading into 2026 is absolutely massive. The U.S. has to take advantage of every chance they have to play against a World Cup caliber team. They did that by winning against El Salvador. They did that by putting themselves into this Final Four. I'm excited to see this U.S. team play, to have both that competition and the Gold Cup, which will be a mixture of opponents for the U.S., to have multiple chances to play Mexico and Canada and the best teams in CONCACAF this summer is about as good of an outcome for the continental competitions as the U.S. could hope. Toss in the Copa America next year, and you've really got a stew cooking ahead of that World Cup. It's going to be a good chance for players. All of these competitions are going to be a good chance for players to continue to get reps and to continue to play together. Up next is me cheating a little bit. It's kind of two takeaways, but they're related. They're they're tied together closely enough that I think I can get away with it. It's the return of Gio Reyna and the return of what is basically a 4-2-3-1. We saw the U.S. use an extra attacker in this window without Tyler Adams against inferior opposition. It was a great time for Anthony Hudson to get the group some reps in a different shape. It allowed Gio Reyna to play as a number 10 defensively, much more of a sort of left half space player, especially in the first game against Granada, but we saw him on the left side a lot in the game against El Salvador on Monday as well. It allowed the U.S. to get another attacker on the field, right? To get Pulisic and Aronson and Reyna on the field together, or to get Pulisic, Reyna, and Zendejas on the field together in the second game. It was Daryl DK, it was Ricardo Pepe up top, depending on the match. You get a little bit more flexibility. And against teams that are straight up not as talented as you are, having a chance to put more of those attacking midfielder, pseudo-winger types on the field together is a good thing. That choice from Hudson paid dividends in these games, It's not one that we should read too much into for the future because Anthony Hudson is almost certainly not going to be leading this group in meaningful competitions, at least after this summer. And he might not even be in charge then. But still, I think this is a good sign for the U.S. that they're starting to get reps. They're starting to get comfortable in a shape that's a little bit more aggressive, that's a little bit more attacking. It will be up to the discretion of the next manager to really decide how they want to proceed and how they want to set up the U.S. 
But I think we saw in this window that that can be a good look. The double pivot with you know more attack-minded central midfielders, more number eights than number sixes, and an extra winger on the field, the U.S. can still have some balance. They can still have some control, and they can also have an extra dose of attacking quality on the field at the same time in that shape. So you get Gio Reyna a little bit more centrally in moments. You get him combining, and also you just get an engaged, energetic Gio Reyna. He didn't look like a dominant force, really, for any of these two matches. But to get him back into this team after all of the chaos and all the controversy that's gone on, for him to come back in and the general reporting around the camp being that he's adjusted well and that he seems to be engaged and energized by what's going on with the U.S. right now, all of those signs are good. I like getting Gio Reyna on the field for the U.S. I like getting an engaged Gio Reyna on the field for the U.S. even more. And I like getting Gio Reyna on the field in a little bit of a different shape. Maybe we'll see more of this going forward into the summer and beyond. Finally, my last takeaway from these two games is a few players pushing for more looks. You know, against teams like El Salvador and Granada, it's difficult to fully evaluate players. It's likely not as high quality of opposition as these players play against week in and week out for their clubs, which means we won't learn a ton of new things about them. If you play really well against Granada, that doesn't mean that you're ready for the big time necessarily. The same mostly goes for El Salvador. But one player that I thought did well for himself over these two games is Alejandro Zendejas, a dual national who's sort of gotten lost in the Faloran Balogun shuffle, understandably so, given that Balogun is a, a big time player and could really, really help this U.S. team. But Zendejas is a dual national himself, right? I just mentioned it. He's a Mexican-American player who chose to play for the U.S., was in the team and around the team back in January seemingly liked how things were going and decided to commit to the U.S. He was cap-tied in this window against Granada, and he got the start against El Salvador. Scored a goal in the first match of the window, didn't score in the second game, but I think elevates this team's floor. To have someone like Alejandro Zendejas that you can bring, most likely off the bench going forward, to have someone like him in the team who is skillful, who has a fantastic left foot, who's played high-quality games regularly for Club America and Liga Mekis, who can impact the game in a lot of different ways in transition, tucking in, in set pieces, in possession. Zendayas is a guy that I really, really like. I think he brings something valuable to this team. I think he's also breathing down the neck of Brendan Aronson, at least in my personal player evaluations, which almost certainly won't mirror the evaluations of the next full-time manager. But I think Zendayas brings something different to the table. He's silky. He's smooth. He gives the U.S. another dimension, and there's real value in that. Between Zendayas and Booth, who wasn't nearly as good, Taylor Booth, in this window, but between those players, Zendayas especially, there are real talented soccer players pushing the established core out wide. Pulisic, Reyna, Aronson, Weah. There's no pressure on those players to improve. There's pressure for the newcomers to continue to elevate their games to be something more. I think we saw some encouraging signs, especially from Zendejas, as players will try to stake their claim on the fringes of the U.S. roster. I think Zendejas did a lot of good stuff, and I'm encouraged by his performances and excited to see more. That's it for this episode of the Back Heeled Show. For more USMNT coverage, for more American soccer coverage in general, you can scroll up or down here in the Back Heeled Show feed, or you can check out backheeled.com and subscribe today. For now, we'll talk to you again very, very soon. Oh, 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 o